today on the Rita Mimi Do It Show. So we're getting close to the end of another year, and you might be sitting there feeling frustrated because you're not going to reach your sales goals again. And you think back over the year and everything that you've done, and you're feeling overwhelmed because there's just so much that goes into running a business. And it leaves you feeling really confused about what you need to do or really what you need to change to be able to generate that income that you want to make. And you wonder, you know, is it a marketing problem? Maybe if more people just saw me, if I was visible in front of more people, then everything would be different. Or it could be that I don't have the right copy. Maybe I'm not using the right words. And if I said different things in my newsletters or had different subject lines or chose different topics to talk about in social media, then things would be different. Or, you know, it could be that lead magnet of mine. It could be my lead generation system. Maybe that just needs to be adjusted a little bit. Or it really could be a sales problem. Like if I could just learn how to overcome objections, if I had a sales script, if I could ask for the sale better, then then my business would be different. Or, you know, it could, it could just be my audience. Maybe I just need to find people who have money to pay me. Like right now I'm in front of a lot of people. They all love what I do. They just don't have the money to pay me. So once I find those people, then my business will change. Or you could be sitting there thinking, you know what, Rita, I know that I need to do more, but I can't because I'm completely maxed out on my time. I'm working around the clock already anyway, and I just don't have time to do more in order to make more. And so you're frustrated and you're unsure of what to do to reach the new audience, do the new things, market or sell to them better. And prospective clients come to me with the same problem, the same frustration. They're upset because they're not hitting their sales goals and they think that they have all of these problems that I just laid out for you. But really what they have is a stopping problem because success, it's not about what you're doing. Success is about what you stop doing. And so when you decide to stop doing things, you get all of these thoughts that go along with that. So it's not about finding a different Facebook group. It's not about learning a sales script or even finding potential clients, quote unquote, with money. You know, that's not where success in your business comes from. Success comes from who you are being and not what you're doing. And I'm going to say that again. (laughs) Success comes from who you are being and not what you're doing. It is about showing up as the CEO of your business so that you make decisions that move your business forward. And that really involves up-leveling your business mindset so that you up-level your bank account. And in today's episode, We talk about stepping into the shoes of the CEO of your business instead of just being that perpetual employee. And I'm going to share with you what you need to know to be the CEO that runs your business, because that is the difference between failure and success. So how do you get out of work mode and into that CEO mode? Let's dive in so you can be the CEO of your business today. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because of Rita, because of Rita, Rita I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. 
also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show, where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. I just wrapped my quarterly solo CEO retreat, and it corresponded with my usual year-end closeout, and I'm sitting here celebrating, and I'm also drinking a lot of coffee. And the coffee that I'm drinking today is from Grinding Crepe Cafe located in Occoquan, Virginia. And the reason that I'm drinking that coffee today is because this is the coffee that fueled me through my entire three-night three-day solo CEO retreat that I am going to tell you all about today. So what is a solo CEO retreat? You know, the first thing that I'm going to say is, why should large companies have all of the fun? Large companies take their employee, take their staff, they schedule retreats. They schedule retreats to plan their business. They schedule it at the beginning of the year, mid-year, end of the year. Some companies schedule them quarterly. The idea is they take key members of their staff away from the day-to-day operations of the business for that bigger strategic planning, for big projects, for big vision thinking, for big planning to create big results in their business. And for all kinds of reasons we're going to talk about today, it's important to do this. It's important to have the time. It's important to get away from the day-to-day. It's even important to get away from your usual routine and your usual environments for the most effective results. So when I started my business, and again, I started my business part-time in 2012. But when I went full-time in 2014, I implemented this for my business immediately. I like to plan my business in quarters. That's what I did as a lawyer. That's what I did when I ran my previous business as a date coach. I planned everything in quarters. So every quarter, I take myself on a self-retreat. No husband, no family, no friends, just me. And what this is, is it's a time to disconnect from that day-to-day activity and do long-term planning. It's time to be the CEO of my business. Because you hear that a lot, especially in the internet business world. Be the CEO, (laughs) be the CEO of your business. And you're like, look, that's great. But large companies have a dedicated CEO. I am the CEO, but I am also the service provider. I am also many, many hats, (laughs) especially at the beginning. Bookkeeper, admin assistant, everything. So I get it. I understand when you're like, that's cool that you can do that, Rita. I don't even know what that means. But that's why I started it from the very beginning of my business, because I knew that I was not a dedicated CEO of my business. I couldn't wear the CEO hat 100% of the time because I am the service provider, and I have to also administer certain things in my business. So from the beginning, I carved out time every quarter to fully step into the shoes of being the CEO of my business. So sometimes this includes goal setting. Other times it's just brainstorming sessions with myself. Um, I 
sit with my thoughts. I just, it's so hard to find white space to just think. And we talked about this actually in my last episode with Roger Lynn, episode 15, um, all about investing and taking risks in your business. And we talked about Bill Gates <laughs> and how Bill Gates takes himself away uh, for like a week, I think, and sits in like a cabin <laughs> in the middle of the woods and just, I don't know if he's completely without anything, but a lot of time to just think, to be in silence. And I know that that's hard. That's hard for a lot of the clients that come to me. That's hard for a lot of people in general to sit with your own thoughts, which is why we always have to be distracting ourselves, right? We have to have our phones in front of us. We're surfing social media. We're reading emails. We're sending texts. We're watching Netflix. We're doing anything but just sitting. Because when we sit and we're in silence, if you continue to stay in that silence, a lot of thoughts pop up and they're not all wonderful thoughts and they're not all things that we really want to deal with. And so people tend to not want to sit with their thoughts, but I carve out this time just to sometimes sit in silence. Other times I'm journaling. I always do something creative and I definitely visit local businesses and meet the business owners and meet locals in the area. And there's a lot more that I do. And I'm going to share it all with you today. I come home, the big key is I come home refreshed. I come home with elevated goals. I come home with very clear milestones and strategic steps and next actions for my business. And I always come home with new connections. So what do you as a business owner do to keep your mind energized, your body healthy, your network expanding, and your business fresh? And that's what I'm talking about today because, I mean, I, like I said, I've done this now for the past um, five years. And every time I tell people that I'm doing it, they're like, that's such a great idea, Rita. I love it. And finally, people have started saying, what on earth do you do? I'm not really sure what it is that you do. And I hear be the CEO. I hear carve out CEO time every week. I hear you, Rita, talk about your CEO retreats. So I tried. I tried. I sat down. I was like, I'm going to be the CEO of my business. And Rita, I, I didn't really know what to do in that time. And that's something that I've been hearing a lot lately. So I decided that this retreat, because it's the big one, right? It is about the end of the year. We're approaching the end of the year. So in addition to this just being a regular kind of 90-day quarterly retreat, it's my year in closeout. So I took you behind the scenes of this retreat. The entire time that I was there, I did Instagram story after Instagram story documenting every little thing that I was doing. Now, I didn't give everything. That would have taken forever and I would have never been able <laughs> to have actually worked through my retreat. But I definitely showed you my agenda for the day. I showed you what I was getting accomplished. I showed you exact questions that I was answering to work through each section of my CEO time and my CEO planning. But stories delete. <laughs> Not everybody can catch everything. And people were emailing me. I mean, this was just such 
big news. This was a, a big thing for everybody. They wanted to know more. And I decided to then use a podcast episode. So this is going to be slightly different than my normal episodes. What I'm really doing is just taking you inside of my latest retreat. I'm going to tell you what I did exactly. I'm going to tell you why I did it. I'm going to tell you takeaways that I walked away with for my business in hopes that all of this helps you become the CEO of your business. So let's start by talking about where I go. Believe it or not, that's one of the top questions that I get. Rita, where do you go? Do you do this at home? Do you just go to a co-working space? Do you, it, is it a day? <laughs> do you go to a hotel? So I have gone all of those places, <laughs> and my retreat has lasted a day to multiple days. And I found what works best for me a few years ago, and that's what I've been doing since. So I find an Airbnb to go to. I find that a hotel room just is not as luxurious, even the nice hotels, because it's not as spacious as I need it to be. I really want to feel like I'm in a home environment with different rooms and different areas. And so I look for an Airbnb. I look for it to be in a town that is not where I live. So it can be local. And I've also gone far away. Um, but it's got to be in a town where I don't live, where I don't really know people, where I am close to things. So I go where I can walk out the door of my Airbnb and walk to coffee shops, walk to restaurants. I want to be walking places. I want it to be near things that allow me to get out, take walks, go see some of the local businesses, meet some of the local people without a lot of commute time involved. Uh, what I like about Airbnbs <laughs> is that it allows me to be in a furnished, comfortable, cozy environment with everything I need. Uh, and that's what I found has worked best for me. Now, obviously, it's better to have CEO time than no CEO time. So whatever works for you right now is a great place to start. Something is better than nothing. But that's what I do. So where I've been going lately is to Occoquan, Virginia. Occoquan, Virginia is a town about 30 minutes from where I live in Northern Virginia. And what I really like about Occoquan, if you don't know it, Google it. It's adorable. It's a cute little historic district. And you can. You can just walk down one little main street. It's 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 probably one of the smallest historic towns. Um, there's not a lot there. I mean, there are great things that are there. There's not tons, which I like because then I won't distract myself. We talked about that a little bit ago about how we love to distract ourselves. So I won't continuously distract myself, but there's enough there to do all of the key things that I'm going to tell you about. So I've been going to Occoquan, and in fact, Roger Lynn, who I interviewed in the last episode, is the owner of the building with the Airbnbs where I now kind of hang my hat and go for all of my quarterly retreats. So as of 2020, I am going to be using Roger's building, uh, his units. He has four in Occoquan, and I'm going to be using those for my retreat. So I'll put a link in the show notes to those um, if you're curious. But I mean, again, it's wherever you want to go. Now, when I went this past time that I'm telling you about today. I did go to one of his units. It was called the Daisy, or it is called the Daisy. It is adorable. It is in this building in Occoquan. But I was really surprised because as you learned in the last episode as well, Roger is the partner 
in another business called Her Hideaways. And there'll be a link to Her Hideaways as well in the show notes. And Her Hideaways is a combo business, Roger Lynn and Marcia Sheehan. And together, they've created a company that curates custom getaways for women uh, for a variety of reasons. But one of their packages is called the Re-Envision Package. And it's a package for business planning. Now, I had not gotten that package, but when I checked in on the night before everything started for my retreat, I go on a Thursday. So I checked in like Thursday at four o'clock. I was surprised in a delighted, a lovely way because I was gifted, uh, thanks to her hideaways, the re-envision package. Now, the re-envision package includes a welcome gift that has amazing office supplies. But really, the key thing, <laughs> the key thing that this included was a whiteboard. And I mean a huge whiteboard. In fact, if you caught any of my stories, you saw photo after photo of everything that I wrote down on this whiteboard. So whiteboard, dry erase markers, poster board, painter's tape to hang it all up on the wall, uh, post-it notes and scissors and pins and markers and more, really all of the supplies that you could need in order to give yourself a good old fashioned, right? Business planning retreat, business books, treats. I mean, so much. So I was so grateful to her hideaways for gifting me with that. And I'm really glad that I'm able to tell you about it because I wouldn't have been able to really explain what that is if I hadn't done it myself. <laughs> but like I said, it was the whiteboard. I don't know if you guys love whiteboards as much as I do, but it's, um, my friend calls it her magic ordering pad for the universe. And so I ordered a lot of stuff up on that magic ordering pad <laughs> that I'm going to tell you about today. So I was gifted that package. So you'll hear me mention that as well. And that really helped put me even further into the mindset of what I was there to do. Now, that's how I go about picking my location. That's what her hideaways had there for me. But what I brought, right, because I bring my own supplies when I go to do this every quarter. I bring my Power Sheets book. If you have listened to any episode of this podcast or participated in my group, The All In Entrepreneur, then you know all about Power Sheets. If you don't, check out the link in the show notes. But Power Sheets is my intentional goal setting planner. It is the reason, hands down, that my business has doubled year after year since starting it. And I bring that with me because Power Sheets works just like my quarterly planning in that it helps divide your year into quarters and quarterly goals and quarterly tracking. So I brought that with me to help make both my quarter close out and my year close out really easy. And I'll I'll share why it was really easy a little bit later. So I had that with me. I had um, my own colored pens, my own colored pencils. I had a wireless speaker because music is key. In, fa in fact, uh, I think I shared that it was Pandora's Yacht Rock radio station that fueled my CEO retreat this time. So thank you, Yacht Rock, for your wonderful music that is entertaining but not distracting. <laughs> so that was the music, right? I bring... Um, I have a, what I do for my year end closeout is I have a yearly year at a glance dry erase calendar, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And so I bring that for the upcoming year completely untouched, not written on at all, because I use that to plan out so much of what we're going to talk about. So I bring that with me as well. Um, I bring along with me uh, 
see, I, I bring along, I think I named everything I bring along that's important to you guys. Um, oh, my, you know, like my iPad Pro, I don't like to bring my full computer with me. I, I like to be a little mobile while I'm working um, in a really easy way. And my new iPad Pro is great, um, especially uh, people always say, well, how are you using it? So I'm just going to share thanks to a couple of other friends that told me about this app. There's an app called Notability. If you don't know what that is, check it out in the show notes. I mean, I know it works for more than just the iPad Pro, but oh my gosh, if you have the iPad Pro, use this app, Notability. That's what got me through the entire CEO weekend. So I have all of this stuff with me highlighters, you know, you name it. Um, my my devotional book for the day, my journal, because I journal a lot, um, strategic planning documents. So I have uh, specific uh, documents that I've both inherited and created that are the basis for all of my different types of retreats. Because like I said, I because I go every quarter, it's actually something different that I'm doing every quarter. What I'm really going to share with you is my year-end closeout because that touches almost everything. So I bring all of that, right? And again, the point is to work on my business, not in my business. So I'm not doing anything that's day-to-day of my business. I'm not um, writing posts. I'm not writing content. I'm not emailing people. I'm not checking my Facebook messages. I'm not doing the things, right, that I assigning projects necessarily to my assistant. I'm just not doing the things that I do in a normal day. I'm not corresponding with my clients. I'm not, none of that is happening. So what am I doing, right? Well, I am working on key areas of my business. We're talking money, visioning, time and team, goal setting. I'm going to share with you piece by piece, everything that I do. So I get there on a Thursday night and I check in and I'll tell you, I mean, I don't do any work on the Thursday night. I check in, I get settled. I kind of collect my thoughts for the day. I set, or for the event, I set an intention about how I want the retreat to be. And I roughly outline the agenda for the whole entire stay. And then I relax. It's like face mask time. It's a glass of wine. It's, uh, you know, candles. It's just really allowing myself that space, that silence that I need to be able to enter the retreat feeling fresh. I go to bed early. I wake up early. That's not a shocker to people who know me. I get up at 5 a.m. every day to watch the sunrise, so I go to bed early. Uh, But this is what I do because I want to wake up on that first full day, which is usually a Friday, refreshed and with a new energy and without just the regular everyday kind of concerns and worries and stresses about the job, right? (laughs) The business of what I do as a service provider. I kind of want to have had space between that um, and allowing myself to, again, fully embrace being the CEO of my business. And then what I work on over the course of the weekend, I'm going to take it day by day with you, but I'm, they're, they're saying, like I said, there are things that I do during certain quarters. So some things are quarter specific, but the things that I'm doing always every quarter regardless of what time of year it is, at every CEO retreat, I'm looking at my launch calendar 
for the upcoming quarter. I'm looking at my content calendar for the upcoming quarter. I'm looking at events like speaking events or events that I'm running or challenges or lead generation events that I'm running for the upcoming quarter. I'm looking at all big projects. So the big pending projects and their status or things that I want to take on in that quarter. I always look at money. Always, always, always. (laughs) And I'm now doing podcast planning every quarter. So these are things that happen every single quarter, no matter what. Other things are quarter specific. And like I said, what I'm going to share with you is what I do for my year end planning. So I don't do, I mean, trust me, I want you guys to remember this. What I'm sharing with you now, I don't do this every single quarter. This is a big retreat, guys. This is a heavy, full, big retreat because I am closing out the entire year, but I thought that would be more valuable. Now, I'll tell you later what I'm thinking about doing to help you guys break some of this down into quarters. So, But I just say that because I don't want you to freak out. When I break this down, I don't want you to go, oh my gosh, she does this every quarter? No. (laughs) No, I don't. I mean, yes, I take myself on a retreat every quarter. No, I don't talk about all of these key areas that I'm going to tell you about every quarter. This is year-end specific. So before I hop in and tell you what I did, why a different environment, why this different kind of schedule, why breaking away on a, you know, multi-day, out of your neighborhood kind of situation. Well, they've done studies. Again, they, we love they, right? (laughs) They have done studies that show that when you change your patterns, you change your traffic patterns, what happens is you become more creative. And part of being the CEO of your business is that visioning, is that planning, is that big picture strategic goal setting, but that requires you to be innovative. It requires you to think like the CEO, and the CEO is an innovator. The CEO is thinking, how can I get ahead? What can I do to differentiate myself? What can I do to stand apart? What can I do to innovate not just in my business, but in my industry as a whole. And that requires a lot of creative thinking. So when you change even just your normal patterns, like stop going to the Starbucks you go to every day, go to a different Starbucks, don't sit in the same spot on the bus. If you take a bus somewhere every day, sit in a different spot. If you're in a co-working space, even if you work in your house, like change your view, change your order of, of things for the day. When you change your traffic pattern, you will pay attention to things more. And when you pay attention more, you will notice more. And when you notice more, you will be more innovative. And so that's why this is so important to take yourself out. So I said I would I would say why it is that you really do need to get away from the normal people, the normal places, and the normal things that you do because you are stepping into the CEO role. And because this is not a role you wear 100% of the time and only this role, right? You're always the CEO, but you're also all of these other things. It's really important that you give yourself kind of a, I guess, a trigger or something that allows you to go, I am the CEO fully right now. That is my entire purpose. That's my entire reason for being here is to do this. So every time I go to this Airbnb, every time I go to this town, my body is like, all right, it is it is on. <laughs> you, you are the CEO now, Rita, and only the CEO, and that is it. And that allows me to honor boundaries. That allows me to honor my agenda. That allows me to do the things and think the ways that I need to be able to do all of the things that I'm going to tell you about today. 
So for this particular retreat, I did, like I said, I got there on a Thursday night. I walked in. I had my basket of goodies, the surprise from her hideaways. So the first thing I did, of course, like any normal person, was just dig into it all. And I had face masks and I had, you know, journals and I had post-it notes. And it was just, it was really wonderful. It was just a great way to kick off my retreat. And so I slapped on a face mask almost immediately and I reviewed my agenda. So one thing that Her Hideaways does is create a custom agenda for you, not the kind of agenda I'm telling you about, not the agenda of what you're doing for your business, but kind of like, hey, here's where we suggest you go to breakfast this morning based on what we know about you and then come back to your unit and do work and oh, then take your journal and go to this place and do this thing. And this kind of event is happening. So it's really neat, right? They really do create like an individualized itinerary based on you and what's going on in the town. And so I read that while I had my face mask on and I drank some wine and then I went to bed early. Um, I lit some candles. I, like I said, I sat down. I always set an intention. Uh, Somebody asked me, what does that really mean, Rita, when you set an intention? So when I set an intention for my CEO retreat, I'm setting an intention for how I want it to be, meaning how I want the process to be, how I want to feel, how I want to show up for that particular retreat. So my intention for this retreat was to have it kind of be smooth and effortless, to feel light to feel full. I wanted to be focused and have energy. I wanted it to be fun. I wanted to have breakthroughs. So I kind of just identified how I wanted the process of this retreat to be, and I wrote it down. And then I did a back of a napkin kind of sketch of the next days, because I'm there Friday day, Saturday and all day Sunday. I stay Sunday night, but I don't include Sunday night to be actually part of the retreat. That's more like my celebration time for the retreat. And so I back in the napkin to my agenda for fr uh, for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then I'm going to break that down for you. And then I go to bed. I just hit, hit the pillow, right? My head hits the pillow early so that I can wake up and I watch the sunrise the next day. That's how I kick off my first full day. So that Friday morning I got up, I got up before the sunrise. I went straight to the Keurig. I did not pass go. <laughs> I did not collect $200. I collected a lot of coffee and I, I fill up my coffee mug and I go outside and I find wherever I need to sit in Akakwan that it happens to be this cute little table in front of the building where I'm staying and I just sit with my journal and I watch the sunrise. So that's the first thing I do. I do that every morning of the retreat and that's definitely how I kicked off my first full day on Friday. And that's where I really finalized my full agenda for the first day. So I'm going to share that with you. So for my quarterly solo CEO retreat, the day one agenda, right, I had my morning routine. My morning routine includes a devotional that day. So I read a devotional and I journal around that. I do reflection, meaning I'm reflecting over the year. So for this one, how was my year? And I'm going to tell you the questions I asked myself to help me reflect. Then I take a walk. And after the walk, I come back and I dig into metrics and I dig into very specific metrics of my business that I'm also going to share with you. And then I do a review of all of the pending projects that are existing in my business. And then I do a review of sales. And again, I'm going to break this down for you in even more detail. Then I always do something creative and I set more specific intentions and decisions, not for the retreat, 
but for my business for the next year. And then I talk about goals and milestones, and I kind of then do my top takeaways from the day. I think it's really important to write down at the end of every day of a retreat that you run for yourself what your top lessons, your top takeaways, your next actions, and what the wins were for the day. The days can feel pretty long. They can feel a little isolated. And I think it's really important to do that. It's also a great way to then summarize your own retreat like I am for you now. So then after I watch the sunrise, and back in the napkin and finalized that first full day agenda, I went in, I took my shower, and I grabbed a book, and I went right over to Grinding Crepe Cafe, which is the coffee that I'm drinking. And I do that because I think it's really important to start the day out of my environment. I like to be around the sights, the people, the sounds of the town, and also because something always happens. I'm going to share a quick little story about this. I was at Grinding Crepe, and I was reading a book. I'm reading uh, the book, The Art of Gathering, and it's all about uh, I really think it's about community building. I think it's an amazing book. Um, but I was reading that book, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes, and someone commented on the book, and as I was answering it was a husband and wife. They own a business together. And the wife said, I know you. I heard you speak at the Virginia Women's Business Conference. And we got to talking and it was just, I, I got her card and we're going to stay in touch. I've got to follow up with her. But that's there's always something like that that happens when I get out of my my environment, even at my retreat where I'm already out of my environment. So I take my devotional. I take a book. I start there, and so that's where I ate breakfast. So I got breakfast, I got more coffee, I read my book, and I did my devotional there, and then I headed back to my unit. And what I'm going to do to give you the details about what I do <laughs> is play for you a recording that I made at my CEO retreat in this moment so that you can hear past Rita tell you exactly what she was doing at this retreat. So the sound of this may be a little more muffled, um, but this is the way that I thought of giving you the real time in the moment, unedited, what I was thinking and what I was doing at my retreat. So let's play Rita for you now. Okay, so one of the first things that I do whenever I'm getting back together for my quarterly retreat with myself, getting back together with myself, is to reflect. So I reflect on things from the past quarter. So I look at what I've accomplished. I ask myself what feels like it's going well, um, what feels like it could be done differently. Like I really just reflect over the last quarter. But because this is also a year-end closeout, what you see me share about the quarter is also what I'm going to go back through my notes from all the previous quarters and just kind of review collectively for the whole year. And then after I've reflected, I use that for some just kind of like brainstorming, looking ahead, nothing serious, no details, just kind of um, talking about what I want to make happen, what's coming up on the calendar. Um, I'll show you all my questions. And so you may notice these little glitches when I'm sharing with you what I recorded directly at my retreat. And that's because I was creating Instagram stories and Instagram stories happen in 15 second increments. So when you hear that glitch, it's not your device that you're listening to your uh, to this podcast on. It's just the transition from one 15 second story to the other. But here are some of the questions that I answer during the reflection. So for, for each day, I remind myself of something, something that I want to keep in mind all day long. And so for day one, what I wanted to keep in mind was it's who you are and not what you do. 
That's where success comes from. It's who you are and not what you do. So I wrote that down. And then I have a question that I ask myself throughout the day so that I'm doing everything through that frame, through that filter. And the question for the day is, what is the right thing in this situation? What is right in this situation based on who I want to be? Which meant I had to get very clear on who I am. So that's the next thing that I wrote down was my prayer for the day. And it said, I'm a child of God first. God, I am your instrument. Please fill me with good works and guide me to do all the good I can for as many as I can as often as I can to the glory of God. Amen. And so I put that up on my board to keep it in front of my face for the whole entire first day of the retreat. Then I hopped into the reflection. Reflection includes questions like, what have I accomplished since my last retreat? So what did I accomplish since the last quarter? Also, what did I accomplish in all of the quarters? Because this was my year end. Uh, What's been working How do I feel about the things that I've been working? What am I thankful for? What feels a little chaotic? What feels a little bit out of control? What feels like maybe it's not working the way that I thought? What could I have done differently? So those are kinds of of some of the questions that I answered during the reflection. Now, there are a few more, but that's the basis. And then I look ahead, right? I look ahead and it's, well, what would make an incredible 2020? Because again, this is my year planning. So I asked myself, what would make an incredible 2020? And where do I see myself in five years? And what can I do in 2020 to help me get there? That fits in the definition of an incredible 2020. And then I look ahead at events that are coming up in 2020. So places I'm speaking, events that I'm running. I look at conferences I want to be speaking at, things I want to be attending, trainings I want to be taking part of. I brainstorm just all kinds of goals for 2020. I don't even filter them. It's just a time to dump out anything that comes to my head based off of my reflection and my look ahead. And then I say, you know, what could prevent me from reaching any of these goals that I just brainstormed? What are some challenges? What are some obstacles? What are some things that I see? And again, I do not filter it. So it's a very timed, my agenda is very timed and I honor my time blocks. So I'm not spending a long time on these questions and on these sections because I don't want to filter myself. I'm not overanalyzing. I'm not editing myself. I'm just writing or typing out what comes to mind. So that's kind of the first set, the first section that I do to get all of my thoughts jotted down and in order. And so now I'm going to let Rita from that day share with you why she likes doing this as the very first thing to kick off her retreat. What I really love about reflecting first on just what's happened over the quarter is I think it's so easy to lose sight of exactly everything that has happened, right? When you don't mark everything, it's going to feel like, oh, I didn't really get much done. Um, And this is where power sheets comes in handy for me. So with power sheets, and I'll give you a peek in a minute, I'm able to go to my tending list for each month of the quarter and just see what I made happen. And that makes it easy. And then I also go through my Google calendar just to kind of pick up anything that wasn't reflected in my power sheets. Here's my power sheets tending list for October, for example. And by looking down, I can just see what did I accomplish? What did I make progress on? What was I consistent in? And then I flip over to November and I can do that too. And I do flip back to September because September also is part of my quarterly planning. So you- and so what I'm talking about there, if you don't know, PowerSheets has 
a tending list. An attending list is just one sheet of paper that allows you for that month to write down what your monthly actions are, your weekly actions, and what your daily actions are. And then each month has a closeout page. What are you grateful for? What went well? What didn't go well? What are you giving yourself grace over? What are you saying yes to? What are you saying no to? So looking at all of those, like the tending list and the closeout page of each month, allowed me to very quickly work through my reflections. That's why this section doesn't take a lot of time. You can see how Power Sheets makes it really easy for me to summarize what it was that I really did do in the course. And again, it is so easy to forget everything you accomplished. So I wrote, what have I accomplished since October 1st? And when I just go through my list, it's like, wow. I mean, it's not even the end of November and I've already accomplished all of this and I had forgotten about most of it. I feel kind of silly just sharing with you my recordings because what I want to keep saying is, Thanks, Rita. That was wonderful. Now back to Rita. (laughs) But really, I do. I think this was the best way to give you fresh, real time, what I was thinking and feeling in the moment. So what are some of the things that I accomplished since my last retreat? So when I looked, I had become one of the top PowerSheets affiliates. I was fully booked for 2019 with a waiting list since my last quarterly retreat. I had done 15 podcast episodes. I had filled my six-figure CEO mastermind. I created an entirely new lead generation tool. I started filling 2020 spots. I'm already having people put down deposits to secure me for coaching for 2020. I wrote down all the places that I had spoken. I wrote about a podcast mentorship I had taken part in. I had been honored by the Loudoun 100 as 100 inspiring people in Loudoun County. I outlined a book concept. Like, So you see what I'm saying? By writing all of this down, it's like, wow, I accomplished all of that in a quarter. And I kind of ended it with, what am I thankful for? And that, again, was really easy to write down because of Power Sheets. So I kind of went through their sections in Power Sheets monthly closeout that says, what are you thankful for? I just wrote down everything that I was uh, thankful for. And that was it. That was like part one of my planning was complete. So all that reflection allowed me to see common patterns, common threads, things that were working, things that I identified as changing, which allowed me to start getting a really first draft kind of thought about what I wanted to make happen for me in 2020. So that's what I would suggest for you. Start with this kind of reflection using the questions, right? The reflection about what had happened and then take that into looking forward and what you think you want to make happen so that you can say, okay, these are the things that I'm seeing. These are the common things that are jumping out at me. These are consistent, uh, themes and meanings that I keep seeing pop up. So I'm going to highlight these and say, this is important for my planning going forward. So then I went out, took a walk, I ate lunch, I came back and I dug into metrics. Now this is the part where you're likely to freak out, okay? I'm gonna tell you the metrics that I measure in my business. And in fact, I'm not even gonna read them all to you that I looked at that day. I think it can be a little overwhelming. Um, But I am gonna tell you which metrics I think are a given for you to monitor if you really wanna know, hey, what metrics should I be measuring? Um, But there's so much more to this. And I just, I really wanna stress again, Do not freak out. If you are not at six figures in your business yet, you do not need to be measuring anywhere near close to what I measure in my business. I think I shared on the day that I was sharing the behind the scenes real time on my retreat is it wasn't even until I got to about $150,000 in gross revenue in my business that I started 
tracking most of the metrics that I'm going to talk about. When I was under 100K, there were a very few metrics that I really felt like I needed to track. Now, there's more and more. And of course, it's not just me tracking it. I have a team to help track it. So I am going to share with you what I tracked because I said this is a behind the scenes peek on what I did. But then I'm going to point out to you what I think you should be tracking if you are under six figures in your business. Now, what you actually really need to be tracking is very individualized for you. So know that too. This is just kind of a general overview, a general concept, because a lot of people are going, Rita, I don't know what metrics to track. Should I track money in? Are you talking about likes? Are you talking about, you know, number of people on my list? Well, I'm going to tell you now. Okay, so like I said, I'm not going to share every single little line item metric that I track, but I track financial metrics. So this includes monthly revenue. It includes uh, monthly expenses. uh, It includes profit margin, mileage, uh, my cost per client to acquire a client, a lifetime value of a client. I also track social metrics, so followers and subscribers and engaged subscribers and podcasts downloads. Uh, There's many more that come up underneath that category. I track uh, feelings. Feelings are a metric that I track. I ask myself on a scale of one to 10. So that's how I do it. On a scale of one to 10, how successful am I feeling? How impactful am I feeling? How visible am I feeling? How known am I feeling? How happy am I feeling? I measure metrics in relationships. So how many relationships have I created from networking and from affiliates and from joint ventures and, you know, with my clients who are my new clients and my new relationship? What about my relationship with my team? Where do I feel like that's at? And there are a bunch of sub questions underneath that that I ask as well. Um, I measure metrics with systems, so softwares and workflows and automations. I definitely measure metrics with content. And guys, there are too many here to read. So, you know, posts that were popular, topics that were popular, engagement on newsletters and on posts and uh, on blog posts and articles that I wrote and podcast episodes and YouTube videos that were watched. So there's a lot that I track there. And then I track sales metrics. So, you know, how many sales did I make? Who was buying? What? When? Uh, my sales cycle? What was my most profitable item? Because ju- just because I something is my highest sale doesn't mean it creates my highest profit. What was my lowest profit generating item? So there are a lot of things underneath sales. But th- those are the categories, right? Financial, social, relationships, content, sales, systems, and feelings. Those are the metrics that I track. Now, I told you that's a lot, and I didn't even tell you all of the metrics that I track. So what are the metrics that you should track, especially if you are right around six figures or under six figures in your business? I think something that you should get in the habit of tracking quarterly at at a minimum is your monthly revenue and your monthly expenses, understanding what your profit margin is and how to figure that out. If you run a community, if you have a group, uh, whether it's on LinkedIn or it's on Facebook or some other platform, how many active group members do you have? If you have a list, how many active subscribers do you have? What your, When it comes to your content, 
what does get the highest engagement, meaning comments and shares, not likes? How many sales calls are you having? What's your conversion rate? What is your most profitable and least profitable offering or product? And track your prospects and where are they coming from? And what's the average number of prospects coming from each of those sources? So I think that those are kind of the bare minimum that you should be tracking and getting comfortable with tracking. Now, how you do that, obviously, I could go into detail for days if that's something that you want to know. Again, at the end, I'm going to tell you about an idea and I don't even have it formulated yet. So I'm really going to look for your feedback. But um, yeah, hopefully that helps you understand a little bit about the metrics that makes sense for you to track in your business. And then I got out of there again and I headed out for another snack. I eat a lot during my CEO retreats. <laughs> After lunch, I came back and I kind of concluded my day by doing a deep dive in two key areas. I did a deeper dive in my sales and I did a deeper dive in projects. Now, I'm just going to briefly tell you what I did in sales. So when I did a deep dive in sales, it was looking at what did I sell when, what, how many of what did I sell? What's my sales cycle? What's the average rate that a customer or client stays with me? Who was buying what products? What sources were they coming from? Um, again, what was my most profitable? What was my least profitable? What was my best selling? What was my least selling? What takes the most time, which I factor into profit, and what doesn't, right? What, what doesn't require a lot of my time. So I'm looking at all of this to get a real understanding of my sales in a very specific way. Now, again, this was a year-end closeout, so I did it for the whole year, but I usually only just keep it to the quarter, so since my last retreat. And then when it comes to projects, I the deep dive into projects, I'm looking at what projects are still incomplete in my business, what's outstanding, what are my blocks to completing these? Why aren't these things complete or what could be my blocks? What uh, projects are are going to move me forward the quickest to my vision for either the upcoming quarter? But like I said, this is a year-end retreat. So what projects are going to move me forward the most towards my vision for 2020? And out of all of that, what do I think I need to keep? What do I think I need to delegate? What do I think I need to just cross off my list? And you know, what does that mean for what I'm going to be, since this is a year, kind of review. What does that mean for the next year? And how am I going to break up these projects that I want to keep, right? Or even the ones that I'm delegating, at, how do they become priorities for the different quarters of the year? So I start calendaring them in the right quarter for the upcoming year. Now, at this particular retreat, what I usually do after that, right, after I do those two deep dives, is I jump into goal setting and goal planning. But I found that that doesn't work for the year-end review like it does for the quarter. I felt a little overwhelmed and I actually felt like goals and milestones, there was there were still so many things to review that I wasn't ready to talk about goals and milestones with myself. So I crossed that off my agenda. And that's really the wonderful thing about a solo CEO retreat is that you get to pivot your own schedule because you are the CEO. And so I crossed that off my list and then I just spent some time writing down my top takeaways, right? The top, like the one top takeaway from my reflection, the one top takeaway from my metrics, the one top takeaway from my project review, the one top takeaway from my sales review. And then I uh, got ready, got everything all tidy for the next day. And I started working on my creativity project, which was a 2020 vision board. And then I got all cleaned up and all pretty. <laughs> and I went back out into the world, into the town. They were actually having their tree lighting, Christmas tree lighting ceremony. And they were having an open house at all of the retail establishments. And so I went out and I met the local people, right? I 
I ended work, my end of my CEO retreat at the time that I said I would. And I went out and I cleared my mind and I just engaged with people. I found out about them. I found out about their businesses. I found out what they loved about the town. I asked all kinds of questions and I made some really great connections. And that's why I like to go definitely solo and even without other biz besties, uh, because I, I don't know if you're like me, but when I go away with anybody that I know, then when I go out, I tend to gravitate and talk to, even when I'm still talking and saying hi to some new people, I still gravitate towards the people that I know and I know well, and I'll end up talking to them. When I go by myself, I'm, I'm kind of like forced <laughs> to talk to new people. And I always find that when I can be fully engaged on them, not worried about anybody else that I'm with, I find out so many incredible facts. And that proved true for this night. So that's how I concluded my first full day Friday of my CEO retreat. And now we're on to day two, right? Day two is a little less intense. <laughs> I mean, there's still a lot, but I mean, there's not as much for me to share with you about day two because it's just bigger buckets that I work on for a longer period of time, whereas day one is a lot of reflection, a lot of different questions, a lot of assembling data and information and mindsets and blocks and ideas that I need to move forward the rest of the retreat. So day two, I got up, I watched the sunrise again, and here's what I did again. I had another kind of reminder devotional uh, prayer to help govern my day. I reviewed my top takeaways from day one, and then I looked at my 2020 launch and marketing calendar. So I spent a huge portion of my day looking at my upcoming calendar. Now, this was a big chunk because, again, it's for the full year. Normally, I'm just doing it for a 90-day period. But what does this mean? Basically, in any given month, where am I making my money? And in any given month, what am I marketing? So when will I be offering what down to what date is a cart open for this? What day do I start promoting this? I get very, very specific about this. And then I move into doing a deep dive into my 2020 content calendar, but I still only do my content calendar for the first quarter. So I do keep my content calendar only to the quarter. Well, what does that mean? I know what I'm going to be talking about in my newsletters and in my Facebook posts and, you know, in my podcast episodes. I know this in advance by at least a quarter, and it always lines up and matches with what I'm launching and what I'm supposed to be marketing. So if you notice, I kind of have created a full ecosystem <laughs> where everything that I'm doing is working together for a common goal, a common agenda, a common purpose, right? My podcast episodes are tying in with what my posts are in my Facebook group, which ties in to what my newsletters are about, which ties in to what I'm marketing in that month. And so I line everything up like that. That also means I'm looking a little bit at my podcast strategy now and also speaking strategy. So if I have speaking engagements, how can I tie the topics that I'm talking about into the things that I'm trying to market? So it's really a full day of just looking at my launch calendar and my marketing calendar. Now, I can't go into great detail with that here. I mean, it was very specific. There are still some photos on my Instagram stories in the highlights about my launch calendar, so you can feel free to look at that. But if this is something you've always wanted to do, like really have an editorial calendar, really understand in advance 
all the details about a launch or what you're offering or when you're going to offer it or what events you're going to have and what does that mean for when you start promoting, then let me know, right? Get on the phone with me and we'll see if I have any resources or if working together can really help you create this because this is individual and specific. But head over to my Instagram stories. I will put the link in the show notes and you can see a couple of the photos that I took of my actual calendar. Now, I will say what can really help you with this, with your own launch calendar, is to know what is my signature offering, whether that's a product or a service, everything really needs to be built around your signature main offering. This can be really hard for people, but remember where I said that success is what you aren't doing more than what you're doing. And so you're saying no to probably a million different ideas that you have for your business. So if you can identify that signature offering and build everything around it, that helps you put your launch calendar together. And in my stories, I explained how I did that. So you might want to go and head over and check that out. But if you don't know what your signature offering is, then definitely let me know. Email me at feedback at readamamedoit.com and let me know if you have a signature product, if you have a signature service, or if that's something that you're really wanting to come up with. I would just be really curious to know where you stand on that. But at the end of the day, right, what that allows me to do is really get clear on my sales funnel and on my revenue funnel and on, you know, the marketing and launch calendar. So because I get up at 5 a.m. every day, I usually then head for a nap right after this part of my retreat. And then after my nap, I did the most fun part. So I take that big old dry erase calendar that I told you guys about, right? I take this huge this time it's 2020, big year at a glance, dry erase calendar, and I put all the things on the calendar. <laughs> now, that is my favorite part. I don't know if you guys love writing on a blank dry erase calendar as much as I do, but I get so excited starting to see my year come together, starting to see it all at a glance. So what am I putting on that calendar? I am blocking out first personal days. So what holidays do I want to take off? What personal days do I want to take off? What vacations am I taking? What vacations do I want to take? What conferences am I attending? What conferences do I want to be attending? Where am I speaking? Where do I want to be speaking? So I really block out my calendar as if the things that I want to do are a done deal and they're already done. Now, that's another podcast episode for another day. <laughs> but I found that that really helps them become reality. So I block all of that off the calendar first. I then kind of keep a list on the side of those things that I want or that I will do, but they're dateless. So we always know that there are a few things where we're waiting for dates. So I have a little capture of that as well. And then what I do is I go ahead and I write down all of those cart open dates I talked about. When am I starting to promote something? When am I going to start running a challenge? When does a cart open? When does a cart close? Um, what am I marketing? And every month has what I'm doing to market and what I'm doing to make money written at the top of it, right? So where's my money coming from? And what am I starting to market? When am I doing a list building um, item, like a challenge or a series? So again, you can go and look at my photos for a few more details, but I'm just giving you an idea of what I do. So I take the dry erase calendar, I block out all of that other stuff first, and then I start planning my promotions and my launches all around it in detail. That way I can see, am I putting too much on my plate in any given quarter? Am I putting too much on my plate in any given month? Is it all flowing naturally? Does it make sense? And then I can adjust or pivot as I need to. And so then now that I'm done with my launch calendar, what I'm able to do is move to my content calendar. So like I said, I only map out my content 
for a quarter. And my content planning system is something I'm more than happy to talk to you about one-on-one. It's not that I'm trying to keep anything from you, but I think we're already at like an hour for this episode. And I haven't even gotten to day three of the CEO planning retreat yet. And I could talk about my content system for probably five episodes, maybe its own season, right? But here's the, the gist of it and what you should know is that I talk about topics on a weekly basis. So I'm talking about one thing for a full week. That way, all my posts, all my newsletters, and my podcast episode can all relate and all tie in together. So when I know what I'm marketing and when I'm marketing it and when carts are opening and when I'm starting to register for events or register for challenges, I know then what topics I should be talking about to help position those things. And so I just map that out. It's like, okay, This month and this week, here's my topic. So for January, for each week of January, I wrote down what my topics were. For each week of February, here's what my topic is. For each week of March, here's what my topic is. And then I stopped because I only do that for a quarter. So if that sounds a little overwhelming, again, you can head to the link in the show notes to my Instagram stories. Look at my highlights. Look for the highlights of day two of the CEO retreat because there's some screen captures of that in there for you. Then I wrapped that day with a nice glass of champagne (laughs) because I felt like I really needed to celebrate. I mean, that's, you know, the first day is a lot of reflection and a lot of ideas. The second day is a lot done, right? You get a lot done on that second day. You end with your marketing calendar. You end with your content for the quarter, not written, but you'll know exactly what you're talking about and when. It's a very productive day. And so I ended my day with that. And um, I, you know, just continued my vision board. And I actually did record something for my podcast editor, something that she needed. And it was fresh in my mind because I had just finished my podcast kind of quarterly review. And then I got to bed early that night so that I could wake up on Sunday, my last day, and really close out my CEO retreat strong. Oh, but I did go out that night. So I did go out that night too. I remember now I went to Madigan's in Occoquan. They were having dueling pianos and I ate seafood. And again, I talked to some locals. It's just, I think it's really important that you get out. The tendency that I hear from people who try this is they want to work around the clock. And I think you really need those breaks. You really need to get out. You need to experience those changes in your environment and scenery so that you start fresh and new with new energy every day. And it gives you that time to process what you just went through. And that's key in terms of taking it and looping it and threading it all together to use in a productive way for your business. And then I'm going to be honest with (laughs) y'all. On day three, I did not get up to watch the sunrise. I had really worn myself out for that second day. And I allowed myself the privilege of sleeping in. I felt like it was going to help me be more productive. I kind of went off my own routine for the last day. But here's what I did again. I had another prayer. I had another reminder. I had another quote. And again, all of this is in the photos that you can go see. Now, those photos aren't going to be up forever. So um, if you want to go catch those, look at them. But just like I read what I did during day one, I did that on day two and three in terms of like setting a reminder and a question for the day and like a prayer to keep me focused on that intention for the day. Um, And then on day three, what I did was a time and team review. I'll tell you what that involved. I did a client experience. Well, I was going to. This actually got crossed off. So the idea of pivoting 
I was going to do a client experience strategy where I was going to come up with a whole strategy for the full-on client experience, but because of some things that I identified, I decided to table that till I could talk to my own coach about that. And then I summarized everything from my retreat and use that to set kind of a big, broad overview of goals and milestones for 2020 and then identified the next steps. And then I finalized my vision board and I had a dance party. And that is what I did on the final day of my retreat. I will say that what I really liked was my devotional for the day. So I'm looking kind of through my notes. My devotional for that third day, there was a lot. It, it was really the story about um, John and uh, you can read John 21, but the the idea of it was that Peter uh, was jealous of John a little bit, right? Like Peter uh, knew how he was going to die. And he basically said, well, what about him? What about John? How is John going to die? And the answer that Jesus gave was, well, what does it matter to you what I have planned for another person? Live your life according to my plan. That's all you have to be concerned about. And I thought that that was really fitting for the day that I was going to write about my goals and the milestones and the actions that I was going to take. Because I know that many of my clients can get into comparison mode and start saying, well, my goals should be set to these things because this is what other people are doing. Or my milestones should be these because this is how so-and-so is measuring their milestones. So when you're at this day, when you're at day three and you're turning it into goals, milestones, and actions, I want you to keep this in mind, right? Do not worry about other people's plans. This is your business. This is your plan. And that's all that you really need to be concerned about. So I'm going to let Rita from that day tell you exactly what she did for her time and team review. Hey, y'all. So I spend the majority of my afternoon doing a deep dive into time and team. And what I'm reviewing when I do my time and team review, I'm looking at things and I'm going to show a picture um, for you of everything I asked myself. But I'm looking at um, softwares that I'm using and are they efficient and are they effective? Are there new ones? Can they be consolidated? What am I paying for softwares? Um, I'm looking at my workflows. Are there workflows that need to be created? Are my workflows actually helping workflow? Um, is there anything that would make my team's life easier? Are my workflows making it harder for my team or for my clients? I'm looking at um, the pay. What am I paying my team? Are there opportunities for raises or for incentives or for bonuses? Um, do I feel like they're doing the work that I hired them for? Are there new team members that are needed? Um, are there kind of promotions that are needed on the team? Um, what are the open projects? So I go back a day or two to the open projects and like what's outstanding? What am I delegating? What am I just getting rid of? How can I prioritize what's still pending for um, my team? Um, is there anybody else that I can delegate to if I feel like I need to? Um, and then like kind of all together, it's what support is needed going forward in 2020. So um, I'll show you the board. Don't worry. Um, and now I'm going out to get lunch. <laughs> I'm getting and so that's what I did, right? I finished up my time and team review, and then I headed out to get lunch. And while I have a picture of the board, it really was everything that I just shared in that little clip. So those questions, again, they include things like reviewing all of the softwares, and is it making everything efficient, and reviewing workflows, or are they actually saving time, um, the detail of the projects, and just, you know, what is my team say could be improved? What do they think could be improved? And after after all of the review, 
what support and resources are needed for 2020. Then I actually, like I said, I bumped my client review strategy portion um, because I found that a lot of what I wanted to dump, a lot of what I wanted to keep, a lot of the flow, the workflows, the systems, I needed to clarify a few things so I could understand exactly how to make the experience from uh, before I ever onboard a client all the way through to offboarding a client, like the most fascinating, lovely, delightful experience for them. So I've tabled that as a goal for 2020. And then I just headed to my wrap-up, right? I asked myself some questions to identify 2020 goals. I don't actually set my 2020 goals during this quarterly retreat. I do that as part of my PowerSheets work. So PowerSheets, again, is the goal-setting tool that I use. And there's a link to that in the show notes as well. But that's the goal-setting tool that you guys hear me talk about in so many episodes all of the time. And they have a pre-work portion. So they have a pre-work portion of the book before you get into goal setting. And I work through that pre-work portion. Um, in fact, I'm going to be leading that live in my group. If you join the All in Entrepreneur, it's free. And you can follow my videos the week of December 5th to see how I work through my power sheets. So if you have it or if you've been thinking about getting it, you might want to watch that. But then I actually do my goal setting in December, later December for 2020. So this gives me time to really marinate, review my notes from this retreat, make sure that I feel really good and really solid, that every Everything is moving my business forward in the biggest way. But I do ask questions that allow me to get a good idea and a good handle on what I think my goals are going to be for 2020. So these questions include things like, what wins have I had in business in the fourth quarter? What wins did I have in business for all of 2019? What challenges did I have in business in the fourth quarter of my business? How about for all of 2019? What does that mean for opportunities in 2020? And what are changes that need to happen in 2020? And then I take that into next steps. So my next steps to help solidify my goals are to finalize my income goal, my income goal, which is much different than my revenue goal, my income goal for 2020. What is one goal that each member of my team has for us? So I need to get that information from my team what does an ideal first quarter in 2020 look like? How about for all of 2020 and really spending some time journaling on that? And then what could block me from all of that? What could block me from achieving the income goal? What could block me from achieving and implementing the goals that my team members have for us? What could block me from stepping into my ideal version of quarter one or my ideal version of 2020? So I really identify those things so I can create some mitigation plans around them. And I'm going to let Rita from that day tell you how she felt <laughs> after she wrapped her retreat. All right, everybody, that's it. <laughs> the solo CEO retreat, trademark pending, um, has come to an end. And I'm really happy with it. Um, there were some things I pivoted, which I shared with you. I haven't finished my vision board yet. I was going to finish it tonight, but instead I have all the clippings that I want and I'm going to be adding to it um, at my power sheets event where I'm uh, leading a table. So you'll see my big in, uh, finished vision board at the end of uh, December. Um, yeah, I've actually gotten a lot of messages saying that this was really helpful to people, but that people weren't able to see every single story that I shared because I have no idea why you're not glued to your phone watching my every move. But since you're not, um, 
I've decided that my podcast episode, which isn't coming out this Tuesday, the one that's coming out on... Well, I'm just going to interrupt Rita because that's where we are right now. (laughs) And that's how I decided to bring all of this to you in a podcast episode because so many people message saying, wow, I'm catching pieces of your story. I'm trying to screenshot everything. And that's why I do have the highlights from this up for a little bit longer as well. So again, go to my Instagram account, look at my story highlights, not my feed, my story highlights at the top. Look for day one, day two, day three. Try to take as many screen grabs as you can, but no, that's not everything and that's not individualized for you. But it hopefully will help give you an idea. You know, those screenshots along with what you heard today will hopefully give you an idea of what you can do to start putting together your own solo CEO retreat and what it really means to be the CEO of your business. So my question to you, and one thing I walked away with from all of the messages and the messages I continue to get, I mean, I had a client sign up with me on the spot who saw my CEO planning because it was like the missing piece for her. She was like, this is it. I have been trying to figure out what does it mean to be the CEO of my business in this tangible way in terms of CEO planning, CEO time, weekly CEO work, monthly CEO work quarterly CEO work, quarterly planning. And like, there's a bigger system that I use with clients, but this is it. This can be the difference between stalling and then really busting through a barrier to get to the next level of your business. And so even this on its own can be very overwhelming for people. So an idea that I had were one of two ideas, and I'm going to just put them out here. And all I'm asking is that you email me at feedback at RitaMadeMeDoIt.com. So again, feedback at RitaMadeMeDoIt.com. And just let me know your thoughts. And based on your thoughts, I'm going to decide what and when, right? When I set my goals, I'm going to move forward with. But I have two ideas in mind. One is that I'm thinking of holding an actual event. Now, I don't know if I'm going to start right away with a quarter in-person event in the Northern Virginia area, one event. I don't know what it looks like yet. But I'm thinking about running an in-person kind of event maybe one day or three day and and do it full, full on, right? CEO retreat, probably one day <laughs> to start with. But I'm thinking about doing a solo CEO retreat, bringing together all the solo CEOs, so you're not really going to be doing it solo, <laughs> um, in a guided retreat. So I'm wondering if that's interesting to you at all. The other thing I'm thinking about doing is kind of creating a digital product where I will have each of my quarterly CEO retreats. So what I do for each quarter, so you know this is quarter one, this is quarter two, quarter three, quarter four, this is my mid-year review, this is my end of the year review. So you can pick, you can bundle, and you can have it that you watch it on your own, you watch some videos, you work through workbooks, and you have it all there with you. So I'm just curious if that interests you, if both, one, um, any feedback you give me would really help. I just, I know that this was such a popular topic with people. I completely understand why. I was the same at the beginning and that I was like, well, what is, I don't know, CEO time. What am I supposed to be doing? Listening to podcasts? Like, shaking hands, kissing babies. (laughs) And I think my husband was like, Rita, that's a politician. But anyway, you know what I mean. And so I'm just curious if this is something that you are interested in. And then I ended everything with a big old dance party. I poured myself a glass of wine. I turned on my music. I had a big old dance party. I ordered dinner. There's a Thai restaurant that's literally in the same building as all of the Airbnbs. And I I just kind of chilled out and celebrated and uh, really left that, like I said, really left that with clear vision for 2020, real good uh, ideas of what I need to just 
touch base on with my team and solidify, you know, to help uh, clarify, again, those projects and goals for 2020, knowing what I needed to get off my plate, what I need to make sure stays on my plate, uh, knowing exactly what I was going to sell, when I was going to sell it, what I was going to do to reach my income goals. And this is all in a three-day period, right? Now, like I said, this is the most intense heavy retreat that I do because it's the full year end. I don't do all of this at every quarter, but I do hope that this helps. I hope that this helps you see what it means to be the CEO of your business. Because again, it's about who you are being more than what you're doing that determines the success of your business. And your success is determined by you being the CEO. And this is something that a lot of people struggle with. As your business grows, you need to wear that CEO hat more and more frequently. And that's hard because you're letting go of a lot of the roles of the employee or the employees that you're used to wearing, right? You're used to wearing all of the hats, right? Well, you have to, the more you wear that CEO hat, the more that those other hats have to be given to other people to wear, or the more just have to be put aside or sold or donated or whatever, right? And so that's what I can help you do. If this is something that interests you, right? I do have a few spots left for coaching in 2020. I have four spots left for the first half of 2020. They technically open in February. So I have I'm completely booked through January. Um, these first four spots open in February, and then I don't have spots again until July of 2020. And so if you were thinking about coaching with me, if you were thinking about any of this at all, if any of this intrigued you and you're just like, do I need this? Do I need anything that Rita has, private coaching or not, to help me step into this CEO role because you think that that's the difference for your business this year, then click on the link in the notes to schedule a clarity call with me. It's a no pressure call. We will just chat through your goals for your business and identify if I have any resources or what the right next step in general is for you to get to that next level in your business because that's what I want for you. So anyway, I hope you found this episode interesting. It's very different from the episodes I do, taking you step-by-step step and peak-by-peak peak through what I do to help be the CEO of my business and to help grow my business. And I'm really looking forward to your feedback and your thoughts on what you have to say about um, something that can help you do this CEO planning um, and what your ahas and what your takeaways were from this. Just again, email me at feedback at readamamedoit.com with anything you want to share. I'm just going to be so delighted to hear it all. And in fact, I'm going to pick one person who shares their aha or takeaway, right? And I will announce the winner on the next episode of this podcast for a very fun special prize. So uh, I look forward to talking with you all. And until then, be the CEO, make the decisions that move your business forward from a place of what's in the best interest of your business by being that CEO. Run your business, don't let it run you. And I will talk to you next time on another episode of the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Rita Mimi Do It show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, Every month, one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamamedoit.com 
where you can find the show notes from today's episode. 